Bienvenidos, damas y caballeros, a otro episodio del podcast Shops and Preds. If you can that guess. That was a good one. Thank you. I, I've taken my fair share of uh, whatever language that was classes in my life, so I feel like I'm <laughs> can well I guess versed. last week? Yes. Was that Turkish? It was Turkish. Congratulations, Matt. Yes. I think that's about two times now you've guessed the language of the week. That one was the hint. Yes. yes the hint got was. me that one. Istanbul. For those who don't know, Istanbul uh, was Constantinople, but now it's Istanbul, not Constantinople. Anyway, with that being said, right now it's just Matt and myself recording the pod. Tyler was supposed to join us, but <laughs> he either overslept his alarm or doesn't have power or something i'm sure some excuse will hear in the next couple minutes but we're kicking off the pod anyway because we want to get rolling with this it is week 22 of the cfl season and everything's settled in terms of the playoffs the week 21 games sorry 21 games there's nothing at stake there's nothing to play for who knows what's going to happen so we decided now would be a good time to select our team MVPs for each team in the CFL based on the 2022 season. Matt, what is the most important factor of what we're doing right here? The most important factor is luck, is grace. No, it's valuable. (laughs) MVP, not MOP, not MUP, which many talk about and is a popular award to give out. They're giving up most valuable player. Who provided the most value? Over the 18 games. Technically, they've only played 17 games, but over the season. Now, who maybe, maybe they weren't the most standout player, but who was the rock of the team? Are we talking relative value or absolute value? Or at least how I did it my own way. But how did your you own way this? is the only way to do it? How did you approach this? So I approached it by doing like, well, it was tough. Like if the team sucked, I was like, who just had a really good individual season and succeeded in spite of their team. And if the team was good, I was like, okay, who legitimately contributed the most to that team success over the season? Okay. So it was kind of different by teams. Cause like, obviously I'm not going to be like, I, you know, in the case of, say, uh, the Edmonton Elks, you can't be like, oh, this player, like, he really, like, this is the reason they are where they are. He really put it together this season. <laughs> yeah. Right? So you got to be you got to be able to change that. But my, I was very uh, flexible with my definition. How about yourself? I was mostly um, relative. Okay. So there's a couple where it's like, this was, this was the best player maybe in the league. Um, but... I think most of the time relative and absolute match up. Um, but there's going to be at least one, uh, more, probably more than one on here that where you wouldn't say this is the best player on the team or the absolute most impactful, but God. in a, and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get to it and you'll, you'll know which ones I'm talking about. But I looked at guys who were able to make, an outsized impact impact from like either themselves in a way that 
push the team above where you know we might have expected where we you know, might have based on the the rest of the team we rank them a certain way but because of this player stepping up that pushed them to another level or um, stepping into a spot that was vacated either by free agency or by injury even though they might not have had the most absolute overall yes. impact to the team you know being able to fill that slot allowed the rest of the team the rest of the offense for instance to keep working in the same way and not have to make too many adjustments not have to pick up too much slack okay okay i like it i think that's very sound that makes a lot of sense so with that being said let's get into it i think we should start with the leastern conference <laughs> okay specifically we're going to start just go alphabetical order we're going to start with the hamilton tiger cats Go ahead and tell me who the Hamilton Tiger Cat MVP is this season. I had this is the one I had the most trouble with in the Eastern Conference. Okay. I <laughs> I'm so excited cuz I felt I didn't I did not have a lot of trouble with this one. Oh, you really? Okay. Well, go ahead then. So mine was like clearly Tim White. Okay. Like cuz I felt like he was the constant on offense. Most receptions in the league, fourth most in yards, fifth most receiving touchdowns. Through all their QB troubles they had to finally riding the ship and figuring out he was the key in their, you know, catching huge passes in their big win against Calgary um, a couple weeks ago. I feel like he was the constant in that offense and helped them throughout the entire season while everybody else around him, multiple different running backs, right? Multiple different quarterbacks, um, injuries along the line. Injuries on defense, uh, you know, Dylan wins hurt, Simone Lawrence is hurt. He was there every time, played every game. And so for me, that was Tim White was the guy. Yeah, I think so. Mine is also Tim White. And the, and the reason I struggled with it is I, I, you know, it seemed to me that like, yeah, there should be, you know, somebody who, who else is in there. There's got to be, I, I saw no other. And it's surprising for, I mean, I guess it's not that surprising. They barely squeaked into the playoffs, but. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like, like the receiving core was good. Stephen Dunbar, um, you know the, the like you said, the running backs, no consistency. Yeah, you know, Wes Hills is now their uh, leading rusher. Um, but he's yeah, but you know he's and, hurt. You know, and we we always thought Don Jackson was going to step up, but now he's third on the you know the rushing yards list behind STE but yeah so I think Tim White did stand up I don't think he was yeah absolutely he, he's got to be the most impactful helping a struggling uh, Dane Evans so I love it all right yeah with that being said let's move on to the Montreal Alouettes this one I also think we're gonna agree on okay tell me who you've got it's gotta be Gino so it's gotta be Gino it's gotta be Gino 10 out of 22 receiving TDs so nearly half of the receiving TDs went to Gino. He was 27% of all TDs scored by the Montreal Alouettes. 10 out of that's, their 37 uh, touchdowns. That's quite a few. Yeah. <laughs> like 10 touchdowns, is, that's no joke. Um, I, and this one, you know, I think this one is where it aligns. He's the best player on the team. He's, I think, the best yeah. receiver in the, the league. Certainly the Eastern Conference right now. Um but his big benefit was when Stanback goes out, 
we and, and Walter Fletcher and Jeshroon did not step up. Yeah, at least initially, Fletcher's gotten going over the last few weeks. They, so that's they, they played well playoffs. eventually, but yeah. But having Geno in there to, you know, have a consistent touchdown presence and and you know make these crazy catches and just keep the offense going was huge when they couldn't get going on the ground. Yeah, and, and I mean, and Weineke falling off. Dude, um, so speaking of Weineke falling off, Geno, I mean. Reggie White Jr., who unfortunately is now going to miss the rest of the season with a back injury he sustained a couple weeks ago. But Geno's got almost 500 more receiving yards than the next receiver. It's wild. On Montreal. Like, he is far and away. Like, he's got nearly 40 more targets than the next receiver. (laughs) Or so, no, that's 40 more receptions. He's got almost double the amount of targets. He has 144 targets on the season, and Reggie White Jr. had 73. So like Gino is the dude, and yeah, he clearly is like the most important piece of that offense right now, uh, right. and his connection. Which obviously the quarterback is important, but if you don't have a guy like Gino to throw to, I think that's going to make everybody's job a lot harder, especially yeah. considering considering where the rest of the receivers are right now. Even though who knows, Jake Winicky all of a sudden decided to wake up and show up this past week, and so if yeah. he shows up for the playoffs, Montreal could be in a whole new boat. I agree. Okay. I'll kick off this one. You already probably know what it is. I've been shouting him out all year long. Uh, for Ottawa, it's my man, Lorenzo Malden IV. Uh, my thinking behind this one is the team sucks. They're bad. It was disappointing. But currently he's leading the league in sacks. He has a chance, depending on what happens on the final weekend, to finish the season in that league. He's got a two-sack lead over the guy in second place. Um, and I think anytime you're able to do that, no matter what team you're on, you're still going to get that team MVP award in my mind. So I believe if Tyler was here, he'd tell you that Jalen Acklin was the most valuable player. Jalen Acklin didn't even have a good connection with Masoli for the first four weeks of the season. I don't know if you heard about that. I, I guess which team overall has as many receiving touchdowns as Gina Lewis. Um, that. Uh, my Ottawa red blocks. <laughs> that would be the Ottawa red blocks. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't realize that Jalen Acklin has two touchdowns. It's kind of crazy. Uh, but, but they also did, they had like yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, it's crazy. That's nuts. That's that beggars belief uh, that he's only found the, the end zone twice. Um, but yeah, so I think for that reason, Jalen Acklin cannot be. The most valuable player. He's and, disqualified himself. And Renzo Malden, that would, would have been my choice anyways. Although I knew or at least suspected that Ackland's name would pop up. Um, but yes. I think I think it's got to be Malden. Um, it also speaks to uh, just some strong morale within the, you know, the defensive squad. Yes. You know, you've, you're, just, you're out there for a long time. I mean, there's a lot of game to be played if you're a defensive player on a bad team. And to, you know, to keep grinding and have uh, a great season, 16 sacks, looking to get that 17th and make you uh, a truth teller, John, um, yes. this week. So 17. Yeah, 17 is the number. We're, we're so close. That would Somebody be gets total. That's what I've predicted. <laughs> Not, you know, I predicted AC Leonard would get 17. But if 17 ends up being the number, then I at least have been in the right ballpark there. And I, I could be proud about something. Correct. Okay. 
Toronto Argonauts, the final team in the East. We're here selecting team MVPs for all nine teams this season. Uh, I'll let you kick this one off. I'm interested. This was this was my toughest one in the Eastern Conference. Th- this came to me quickly, and I I understand the something I'm familiar with. <laughs> I, I understand that this may be controversial. Yes. Uh, I have chosen AJ Ouellette. Wow. <laughs> so your thinking is. He came in in a time of need, unheralded, and like provided good service along the way. More than good service. I mean, the guy's like doing better. He's been than, playing well. The guy's been doing better than Andrew Harris did in for most of his healthy campaign. Um, All right, that is out of nowhere. <laughs> you know, I, it's, it's weird. Like, but I like it. We 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 know that Toronto's weird. They're it doesn't make sense. Team. They're eleven and six. Yes. You know they got a chance to go um, twelve and six, which is fairly respectable. I mean, it's not great. It's not great to have your it's pretty you solid know, number one. Yeah, I mean it's it's good, but it's you know it's it's six hundred six six sixty ball. Um, yeah, but they're a weird. But I team. didn't I still see and, and I, there was a lot of great guys, great teams on or great guys on the the offensive side. Uh, their pass defense or the pass offense is is strong, uh, but I didn't see anyone really standing out, head and shoulders. Um, you know, I, and that number there, they have two guys with five touchdowns. Um, they've got. Uh, let me pull it back up here. Uh, Gittens and Ambles both have five touchdowns. You know, Ambles or uh, Gittens is eleven hundred uh, yeah. receiving yards, but. You know, it, it weirdly, they've spread the love, right? Which is good. I mean, that, yes. that, that's just something that is probably why they've been so successful. Not the one standout, but I really think they expected to have uh, a stronger run game. And I, I do feel like their run game is stronger now with AJ than it was with Andrew. Um, so that's big, going to the playoffs. That is big. Although, you've heard that A. Harris may be back. I addressing. have heard that. Which would kind of be weird for this time of the year. It would be odd. It would be interesting to see how they deal with him coming back into the lineup. Yeah, especially with how, you know, if he was on um, Ottawa, right, and it's it's he's coming back for Devontae or who's ever healthy on a, their squad now. No, um, I got, yeah, if it's like, if there's, no, if there's nobody to replace. But yeah, you have to seriously consider if Ouellette is the better option. Right. Absolutely. Especially when you're going to be playing the next the next two games that matter are an Eastern final and a possible Grey Cup. Right. You don't really have time to figure things out. <laughs> but that being said, it's Andrew Harris, man. He's kind of a legend. All right. So I actually went defense with this one. Okay. Um, and I had a similar idea on offense where I think it was a lot of uh, a lot of equal performances. I think they had a lot of good showings on offense. Um, you know, everybody pitching in, uh, MBT working the ball around pretty, uh, pretty fairly to everybody. Now, MBT, I was thinking about doing MBT, but I actually went with Winton McManus on this one. He's got 88 tackles on the air. That's fourth in the league. The three guys ahead of him have all played three more games than he has. So you'd hmm. think, you know, I know you're playing, 
you're playing the guessing game there, but you think he'd be up a lot closer to that top in the league in tackles if he had those three extra games underneath his belt. And I think that it's a Toronto defense that has served me well in fantasy many (laughs) a time this season. And so I felt I needed to reward the man a little bit uh, for his service uh, as, you know, leading the, leading the team as a linebacker. Um, And I think, I think he put in a pretty solid performance this year and was definitely the standout on that end of the ball for me, him and a few other guys. Uh, but I think McManus is the one that I will give the MVP to. That's a good call. I think that's uh, that's fair, right? I think it's more than fair. Yeah, uh, I think it's a it's it's where I wanted to go. I like um, that. <laughs> I've got. But a, you were. Sc- but no. But I like how I you scared. go outside the box. Like you're talking about true value, and that's a, they didn't have they didn't have to trot out anybody else at running back all season. Right. We've got these teams that are bringing a few different guys, giving looks. No, nah, it was the AJ Alette show the second that Andrew Harris went down. Yep. That's kind of crazy. All right. So that deals with the East. We've got our four team MVPs from there, and now we head West, starting with the British Columbia Lions. Uh, I will kick this one off. <laughs> and the MVP is Nathan Rourke. <laughs> The MVP is Nathan Rourke. There's no amount of spin and relative value I can give to overcome. Nah, he's A, the best, but also, like, I think legitimately, and this is, like, this is the spin, but I also believe it. Like, I think Rourke, in his performance early in the season, transformed the way that team saw themselves. Oh, yeah. And, like, what they thought of as their potential. Yes, like I think I I don't think you can understate like how important a guy who's like yeah we're just gonna like fucking dominate all these games we're gonna have huge comeback against Calgary at Calgary like we're gonna do this this and this and like I feel like that opens up the doors for so many players on that roster yeah to just be like oh shit all right this is the new standard now right. um so yeah for me it, it it's Rourke. It's it's Rourke by a mile. He's just, you know Dom Rhymes, God love him. Jordan Williams has had a good season on defense. I respect him. James Butler, hell of a season, over a thousand yards. Uh, but Rourke is still second in the league in touchdown passes. Like what he did, and I think, like I said, he's back this week. By the way, which we'll talk about, um, which is incredible. Um, I think yeah, he he he's the MVP for the BC Lions. So kick us off with the Stampeders, Matt. Okay. I'm, I, I think we both know the answer for this one as well. I'm going the different direction. Oh, uh, you not, subvert expectations. Not too much different. Uh, the reason for this, I, now I'm, I'm waffling, but. No, you commit. Commit to what you got Sean on the board. Lemon. Oh, I love it. And you know how I feel. I know, I know how you do feel. Uh, so obviously Sean Lemon is second in the league, um, for sacks and he's leading the team with the most sacks league wide. Um, this is also the team that is number one in opponent two down conversion percentage opponents yards per play. Um, so I just think this is a, a, you know, in a, a sneaky, like, I guess we always knew Calgary was, um, consistently a two or a three west western division defense yeah. right so yes. some, you know it was always winnipeg was at top um then Skatch and, and calgary traded now i feel like winnipeg has slipped a, 
good deal Sketch has as well. And and Calgary is squarely the best defense um, in the Western Division. But weirdly, not the best defense league-wide, which is strange to say, but I believe it is true. Um, so, yeah, I just feel like Sean Lemon I love uh, that pick. was the linchpin for a consistently good Calgary defense. Now, they, I, are you going to choose Kadeem Carey? Of course, I'm going to choose Kadeem Carey. So, and I of struggle course. with I struggle with not choosing him because Calgary is number two in uh, net offense, number one in rushing yards, and number seven in passing yards. So it's it's obvious that. For and their, they still don't utilize him correctly. For their, it's 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 incre- and they don't. There's no sharing the backfield. It is all Kadeem. So it's like well, it's very dude, clear it's that the weird. offense is I, the well, Kadeem show. So this past weekend, right, they had it shared with uh, Diedrich Mills. But yeah, a lot of the season, it's either been a one trick pony. But it's like been crazy how they they have three of the best running backs in the league, yeah. in Mills, Peyton Logan, who's unfortunately injured, and then Kadeem Carey. But it's clear that Carey is like the dude right now. Yes, and yeah, the fact that the fact that he just didn't have like I think Tyler said it, and who may be joining us, we shall see. Um, I think uh, Mills got more carries in this game in this game this past Saturday than Carey had in all but one game. Yeah. So, like, the fact that they just weren't getting, like, I've, it still feels odd to have somebody have such a good season. He's the leader in rushing touchdowns for running backs at 10. Uh, he's the only running back in double-digit touchdowns um, for for just purely rushing the ball. Um, and you still think he's got a, he left a lot on the table this season, in my opinion. Like, just about, because it not necessarily – had the production or not necessarily not the production, but not so didn't get the touches one may have expected for him. Agreed. So, so that's my take. All right. Move on to Edmonton. I will go first. And this is a tough one. Obviously, I would say the worst team in the league. Who's their MVP? Uh for me, though, it's Taylor Cornelius. Uh and for the simple reason that, like, he wasn't their first option, he wasn't even their second option, but he came in to a shit situation where they're changing players every week, and for the majority of the season, all the way up until he got injured because he was trying to make plays down the stretch against Toronto, and he ended up busting his spleen and had to go to the hospital, he was working his butt off trying to get a dub. And in season, I think there are a few silver linings for the Elks this season. They did find a few solid players for the future. Uh, Kevin Brown at running back. Uh, they just re-signed Dylan Mitchell to a three-year contract at wide receiver. So I think they do have things. But and I don't and I don't even think I won't say now that Cornelius is somebody that's going to play or start for the Elks in the future. Um, hmm. I think he may be in the he's going to be in the mix next year. Obviously, they signed him to a contract extension. But I don't think he's for sure their shoe-in starter by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but that being said, he worked his butt off. I th- think he showed some improvement throughout the season. Um, and so I got to give him that MVP. Okay. Like bum, ba-dum, bum. Bum, <laughs> oh, ba-dum, bum. Oh, my goodness. 
mid-pod show up by Tyler What Press. a failure. Tyler, Tyler, I'll catch you up where we are right now. We're running through. We're just in the MVP segment. Okay. So we're, we've just passed the Edmonton Elks. And so you can give your pick for that, and then we've got Saskatchewan and Winnipeg to go. Uh, the Edmonton Elks. I am going with the corn dog Taylor Cornelius. That's what I uh, said. Because he's the only player who improved this season. Completely sound. Matt, hit me with it. Contrary to popular belief, you do not got to hand it to him. Oh, oh, oh you got, you got, to, you hand got to hand it to him. I am awarding no oh. for the Edmonton Elks. Oh. That is, they do not have a most valuable player. They, they, but they do. But they, but they do. Inarguably that's true. Oof. Even God. just saying it doesn't sound I true. I didn't realize that, Matt, you were so heartless and cold-blooded like this. <laughs> like, if, Taylor if, o- if only like, he was more selective dude, with his preds. He tried his freaking butt off, and he worked in a shitty situation. In a way, this wasn't even really a season for the Elks. It was more of a 21-week minicamp. Jeez. He trotted this out pre-show, and I almost... Drove on down to Oregon and, and slapped him in the face. Taylor Cornelius is. They had three 50, less coaching personnel than the rest of the of league. Passes. Do you realize how much of a difference those three other coaches would have made with those three other coaches? This is very easily a five or even six win team. There's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing good about this Edmonton. Office. I have a question. Are there? Are, can we? Can we give him the benefit of the doubt without? Is there a place where they? Do, no, I just said you do not have to hand do, it to him. Do, do, does because uh, it's the fifty-five percent. I have a question. How many drops does does Edmonton have? Because their receivers kind of suck. They had, they had a few drops for sure. <laughs> for sure, Darrell Walker. I I almost gave it to Darrell Walker. How, the Darrell Walker regression machine. He how old is Darrell? How old again, is Darrell Walker? Darrell Walker is like thirty-two years old. I Not believe. a great age for a wide receiver. He's thirty-one years old. Slightly better. So he yes, Darrell, Darrell Walker has obviously regret, regressed. <laughs> but that being said, he was out there fucking working his tuckus off all day. That's all I gotta say. Happened. His, I stopped being able to talk. Short, short circuited by you not picking an MVP for the, the Elks. These things happen. I got caught over my R's. Darrell Walker. I was Darrell Walker. <laughs> but, but then you to drop a request on us. Because <laughs> they all strung together, man. It was tough. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah, no, all right. I, let's I think move it's clear on. that the Elks suck and they don't have any valuable players. Let's move on to a team that had a regrettable season, and let's now talk about the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Um, now this is now this Matt is a team is that deserves no MVP. I I have to find one. one. Is it Jamal Morrow? No, it is not Jamal Morrow. It is the league leader in tackles, Darnell Sankey. Uh, I'll go with you lead I'll the go league with, in tackles. You got to go be the MVP. Ke- That's I'll a go with Care Ved- Vedvik. He was a great punter this season because they were often finding themselves needing to punt. That's good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, nothing, but I don't have much else to say other than I think Jamal Morrow played a, a good little season, um, got injured, you know, it is what it is. Yes. You know, it, it's like we... we no, I, I think Jamal, Jamal Moore and Morrow Frankie played. Hickson are both like very solid options yeah. in the backfield for them going forward. And I think 
you obviously can assign the same challenges of the offensive line to the running backs as you do to the quarterback. And I think mm-hmm. that Jamal and Frankie both fared better with that offensive line than Cody did. Yes, I think that's fair. I think that's very fair. But yeah, that that team sucked. <laughs> not just not just. All right, not, and we'll we, talk we more actually... about Preds because I've got I've got a Dave or I've got a Craig take that I think y'all are gonna like. <laughs> I we, the the craziest thing is I'm starting to love Dave. Oh, stop it! Oh, because he's just a shit talk. Yeah, well, he's also like a brilliant. Yeah, he's a great coach. I think he's actually. Like, oh, he's he's a great fair, coach. Like we shit on Dave, the game is close. but Dave is like a legitimate like great no, coach. He's I a great that, coach. I'm starting to really. Really like Dave. Craig, I have my hesitations with. All right. <laughs> Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Don't you mean Blue Bombers? The Blue Bombers. <laughs> is Zach Caleros? Is no. No, me. stop it. I think Tyler. Dalton Schoen. Come on. Oh, no. I've got an, I got my own. Brady Oliveira. What? I can accept Schoen. And I know Oliveira improved over the season. But he is he is no Did I drop the stat on you that Dal- that Dalton Schoen has the most touchdown passes in like over a decade or catches in, in over a decade and he still has a game to go if he plays? Is that yes. true? It's more it's like the the last time that somebody caught fifteen or more touchdown passes was like two thousand and eight or something. Jeez. I did Which not also know that. like raises the question, maybe he's the MVP. I mean, if can that in mind well, he's the yeah. That's what you're saying. That's what we're doing Maybe right now. Maybe like the MVP, MOP. So, yeah, yeah, you got me there. Um, <laughs> I know. Ling- I got you. you got time. Time. Uh, if, if I think that's true, you'd have to go look at the thing again. But I, I'm pretty sure that he's the first one, and he could go. He could get 16, which would tie the t- person I'm talking about. I forget who it was, but uh, you know, if he that's like the that's crazy. Dalton Sean, we weren't even we, we didn't even know who that was when the season started. No. At least we knew Brady Oliveira would be the running back when the season started. You have to go Dalton Schoen. It's crazy. They lose they lose Kenny Lawler, and you think, like, oh, that's not good. That's, that's bad. We're going to re- regress here. And Dalton Schoen actually had a way better season than Lawler had last year. Just saying. One second. I'm, I'm looking up this record. Yes, that is actually completely true. So it looks like – so not quite as long – Back in um, 2016, Andy Fantuz. Oh, no, sorry. I'm looking at the wrong thing. Nope. Should, I think it's way further than that. Um, I'm going to take – all right. I'm just going to take your word for it. I'm just going to say <laughs> that Dalton Schoen has more touchdowns than any receiver in the last decade, and that's a really cool stat. Uh, but for me, it's Caleros. Um, for the consistency, uh, obviously he had some stinkers. That beginning of the season, they really played like crap but still beat a bunch of people. Uh, but I think that – um, he's the one who's been hucking it to Schoen all season. Claris has been throwing bombs and just like, yeah, this late career resurgence, which obviously I've never, was never a believer in. I still think that they signed him to too long of a contract extension and they're insane to do that. Um, I'm the biggest hater and doubter in the world, uh, when it comes to Zach Claris. He does, he's never seen any Star Wars movies before. That doesn't sit well with me. Um, but yeah, I think he's, uh, He's the the last pass catcher with at least 15 touchdowns in a season was Bryant Romby in 2010. Wow. That's a great, great stat. So. Great stat. And Matt, why do you think Oliveira? Uh, this goes back to what we talked about at the beginning of the pod where it's not 
Like, obviously, Zach and Dalton are, in absolute senses, more valuable to the Bombers. Um, yes. And it's also not saying that a, another running back couldn't slot in where Brady has, but but it is saying that in terms of the Winnipeg offense, yes, it hinges a lot on, less so now than it did in 2019, but it hinges a great deal on having a significant run game. Yes. Um, and so for Brady to step up and take, um, you know, take over for Andrew Harris. Those are big shoes to fill. Um, and he's got a chance at cracking a thousand yards. Um, if he plays, if he plays, um, which I think is, is impressive. Uh, Agreed. Considering, especially how shit he started, his first five games, yeah. four games were not good. So I, I think having that, for filling that gap allows yeah. for the, the pass offense to really flourish. It is incredible, though, with, I will say, with Oliveira and the other running backs we've named, Kadeem Carey, who was uh, my MVP for the, for the Stampeders, the distance between the top three running backs this year and then everybody else is absolutely insane. Like we take a jump in yards from Jamal Morrow has the fourth most rushing yards at 603. And then we go all the way to Oliveira up at 929. And then you have your top two in Butler and Carey. But yeah, I think for Oliver to be amongst those that upper echelon top three, it says a lot about him. That's pretty solid. So I think that's fair. And for that reason, he is my most valuable I think in a relative fair. sense player. I think that's fair. All right. With our MVPs out of the way, Tyler, I'm so glad you joined us. Because I almost had to shelve what is our surprise game of the day. <gasps> I didn't know what was at stake. But I'm glad you did arrive, yeah. There's been a lot of talk about no halftime performer being announced for the 109th Grey Cup in Saskatchewan this year. So what we will be playing today is a little game I like to call Name That CFL Halftime Show Performer. Oh, oh, right. And how it works is this. I'm going to simply read a lyric from a musical artist, you have to guess the artist for a point and then guess the song for mm. a point. Oh. You don't have to tell me when they performed at the Grey Cup. Well, what do year? You, I, know, I already know what year the Grey Cup. Actually, because we did this we, we did this one time and, I, and uh, when we picked the who, who we wanted. Uh, yes. Uh, and I, so I did have to look at who had already done it. So I did know that it started in the 90s, right? So we're not going to get any... Yeah, but you don't have to worry about that. We're just picking okay. your singer and song. And we're going to do it on a buzzer system. And you are going to have to go buzz. And I will be the judge of who said it first. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Are we ready? We have seven songs. Oh, man. It's going to go quickly. Okay. Some are easy. Some are hard. We'll start off with, okay. <laughs> I think, an easy Oh, yeah. Easy one. Ready? Does anyone know where the love of God goes when the waves turn the Buzz. minutes to hours? Matt. Gordon Lightfoot, the uh, curse of the, the wreck of the oh. Edmund Fitzgerald. 
Okay. Two points for Matt. That is correct. Uh, Gordon Lightfoot, of course, appeared at the 100th Grey Cup uh, halftime show in 2012 in Toronto. Okay. I'm ready for the I'm ready I'm ready for the Imagine Dragons one. (laughs) Number two. Is it the truth, or are you talking trash? Is oh, I got it, I got it, got it. Buzz, 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 buzz. Oh, no, no, come on, come on. Tyler? Come on. I no, no, I said uh, buzz no, first. I, Tyler got it. I said buzz is it, first. Is it, Nick, no. is it Nickelback? Oh. No. No, no, no. Uh, buzz. Matt. Nelly Furtado. Promiscuous. Yes. Very good, Matt. Matt is up four to nothing, but we've got a lot of game to go. Number three, are you ready? No. Okay, so you're Brad Pitt. Buzz. Oh, God. Matt. <laughs> Shania Twain, that doesn't <sighs> much. Tyler. <laughs> we gotta wake up. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get blanked. All right. No, it's all right. We, we got some ones I know you're gonna know coming up. <laughs> Number four. Ain't no use in complaining when you've got a job to do. Oh, I got it. I, buzz, 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 buzz. Tyler. Tyler. Turner Overdrive. Oh, yeah. No. Wait, okay, read, read it back. You've got to let me, if you, Tyler has buzz. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't taking re-read. care of business by Bachman Turner Overdrive? No, it, you didn't let me finish the lyrics. That was, that was close. Matt thought it was the same thing. Ain't no use in complaining when you've got a job to do. I spent my evenings down at the drive-in, and that's when I met you. Yeah. I don't it's know Bachman Turner, you ain't seen nothing yet. No, it is. I'm no points awarded. It is Brian Adams, summer of 69. Read the lyrics back. Ain't no use in complaining when you got a job to do. Now you know what it is. Yeah, okay. Okay. Next. It really sounded like like Bachman Turner, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> Next one, number five. They say I'm really sexy. The boys, they want to sex Buzz. me. Always standing. Black Tyler. eyed peas. Yes. My humps. Yeah. Double whammy from Tyler. Of course, they Very performed good. 2005, the 93rd Grey Cup at BC Place. Feels good. I'm not, now I'm not getting shut out. I feel better even if I'm even if I lose. Oh, boy. <laughs> number six. Tyler, you can still tie this. You can, yeah. With no points awarded for number five. Number six. Your stare was holding. Ripped jeans. Skin was showing. Buzz. Matt. Carly Rae Jepsen, call me maybe. Correct. Matt has yes. secured the victory. But we have Feels a seventh. So we have a seventh. Of course, Carly Rae Jepsen performed at the same 100th Grey Cup halftime show as Gordon Lightfoot did. What a combination. <laughs> and Bieber. And Bieber. Along with the Biebs and Mariana Stretch, of course. Number seven. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. I want to be great like Elvis without the tassels. Buzz. Hire eight Buzz. bodyguards Buzz. that love Buzz. to beat up Buzz. assholes. Buzz. Sign a couple autographs <laughs> so I can eat it. my meals for free. <laughs> I'll have the quesadilla. Tyler, what song is that? Nickelback? Yes. Is, uh, rock, 
Oh, do I get you to steal? You might get to steal the song. Uh, Rockstar. Yeah, <laughs> it's Rockstar. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. That was a very even battle. Did I ever good. tell you that my uncle worked very briefly on the on Nickelback tour? And he actually said, and he no. actually said it was a ton of fun. And I, I'm going to drop a little. I hope nobody ever finds out who said this information if this ever goes public. But just a little, just a little tidbit for you. Oh God, goes public. We post this well, everywhere. I mean, like <laughs> this is going public. I want to just let you know. I don't want this. I don't public. want this traced back to me. So. Uh, the, your name is on this. You are taking this in your own hands. <laughs> we, I want. I want well, people. To know people well. want takes. Uh, people want take, People want this, inside information. I. That's okay. I will tell you right now. This is going public, and it is traced to okay. you. Cool. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and this allegedly, Tyler. Yeah, just yeah, say this, allegedly. This allegedly. Allegedly, Chad Kroger uh, needs like a handler at these concerts. Because he just gets so drunk that somebody needs to like rein him in. Because <laughs> I, th- okay. I think that's fairly okay. well known. Like, he needs like a handler. Like somebody's <laughs> job backstage is to like watch Chad Kroger and make sure he doesn't like get blitzed before he goes on stage. He's like a holdback guy. Just yeah. I feel like that's common fair. Common <laughs> yeah. fair for the rock just star lifestyle. Rock star, yeah. Fair. <laughs> I'll have for the, the record. Apparently, the they're a lot of fun to hang out with. So that also holds up. I believe it. That I, I believe. believe. I think those guys would be fun. All right. Well, I think that was a very solid segment, and we sure do hope Saskatchewan finds a good option for the halftime show. I was rolling at CFL Reddit's Wiggles post today. Oh, dude. I was for a second, howling. I was – dude, and then, like, <laughs> it would be A, be hilarious, but B, I would also be so down for it. Oh, yeah. You can so just I, see, like, the, I the think Grey Cup that, guys scrambling. Like, all of our people said no or pulled out. Yeah, and now this Reddit thing is, or this uh, I think thing the CFL, the, let's just do it. The CFL Reddit admin, I think, has it correct, which was that it was going to be Sean Mendez. Mm. He had a he had a block in he, his tour that was he didn't have anything scheduled over the Grey Cup, and then he canceled his tour okay. and took time away. Uh, I don't know what happened, but so I, and I was like, okay, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But so yeah, I don't. I don't. While we're, I don't like the people who are writing. Like, does it put a damper on the Grey Cup that they don't announce? Haven't announced a halftime show. I don't know. I don't think so. But like, I I, I guess like for the casual fan, it is a big deal. So I I hope they put something together so that people you know are are into it and excited. Okay. But at the same time, like, it was the Arkells last year. I know. I don't like, think like I don't think the casual fan. I think you'd have to be a fairly big, both Canadian football fan and just Canadian. You have to be a fairly like strong Canadian to be like, oh, yeah, let's tune in for Arkells. Nothing against Arkells, but they're just not moving the needle alone. Right? No, well, if you look at like the like in in Ottawa. Uh, a few years ago, you had Shania Twain. That moves the le- the needle. The Keith Urban. Yes. Man, yeah. he's Australian. Like, there's a... He did, <laughs> and he had a great interview, by the way. I don't know if anybody recalls the second half of that game. We had a full third quarter of Keith Urban getting interviewed. That was pretty hilarious. All right. Without further ado, let's move on. Quick league leader look. Few of these are still competitive. A few of them not. MBT... 
the league leader in passing yards. Looks like he's going to lock that one up. Uh, Kadeem Carey, the league leader, oh, and MBT is currently sitting at 4,731. He's not going to play again, but he is about 600 ahead of the next guy behind him. Uh, Kadeem Carey sitting at 1,088, uh, leading in rushing yards. Now, he's only um, just about 40 ahead of James Butler, but who knows who's going to play going forward. And then receiving yards, we do have Dalton Schoen, who's just 11 ahead oh, of Don Let the, let the boys Schoen's play. 1357. They're on the field together. We've mentioned it a few times. In sacks, Lorenzo Malden, the fourth, still leading the show with 16. So hopefully he gets one more and I get that pred correct. So with that being said, we are going to move have on. Have we talked about... Have, so I don't know have really... Have we talked about Nathan Rourke at all? Well, yeah, we're... We talked about him. Yeah, you're 20 minutes yeah. late. So earlier in the show, so we had this show that started at uh, 9 o'clock oh, Pacific time. Boy. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, but we we'll talk about we'll talk about it now. We were able to get to it. Because we're talking Preds. And Nathan Rourke is back for the BC Lions. Getting his first action uh, since week nine against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. A horrible team who injures our heroes in ma- multiple instances. Well, they get punished for it. Karma, and he's going to take on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Karma came back for them. He's going to play the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So who knows how long he's going to play for? This Let's certainly start throws... with that. Let's start with a little prop on one quarter, one half, or full game for Nathan Rourke. I think he plays a half. Okay. I'm going to say a quarter. I think a he half. gets in for... I yeah. think he plays a half because I think a quarter can you he may he may get four you know shit he may get six plays in a. Quarter. I will say this if 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 so I think they want to get him out there for at least a few extended series. So that's why I say he plays the a bombers half. should not use any blitz packages on Nathan Rourke. They should just show him show nothing. him nothing. Do go in because. Very likely they end up playing each other. Not very likely, but it's certainly a, a matchup that could happen in two. It's either going to be them or another team, so that's, that's for sure. sure. Uh, and with Rourke back, it's highly li- it makes it more likely that it will be BC. So uh, if I'm the yes. Bombers, you don't want to show him anything. So you you just either either drop a bunch. I would just drop eight and just make him pass through that so he has nothing to look at that he can go back and look at on film. Okay, I love that. Now let me throw this back at you. You blitz him like crazy and put that foot to the test right off the bat. I'm not cruel like that, but yeah, that's pretty vicious. Um, it is I, vicious. It is I will, vicious. I will say that but, I will not be watching any football that Nathan Rourke plays this weekend. Uh, it's too much for me. Too much. For yeah, me. that My the whole thing heart. sounds horrifying. I don't want any part of it. It's like when I first saw Kevin Ware play again. Yes, I'm just not interested. I can't even look at the screen. So, but I'll, he's, be, I'll find something else to do. And then when he stops, he you know, is after back a half or a quarter. Who knows what the teams uh, around him? I think you know. I think so. I'll make my or I guess Tyler, you're first. Make your pred. I'm going with the. And I have a question: Is Claros playing? I don't know. This makes this this is what I do not like about the last week of the NFL season or the last week of the CFL season is just like what's going on? I don't know. Uh, uh, just because Rourke I know is at least going to play some amount of time, I'm going to go with the BC Lions. Okay. 
I'm going to select the BC Lions as well for that exact reason. Like, I think we know Rourke is going to play a little bit. You know, hopefully they get a score in that time. BC's got more of an axe to grind. You know, they want to look, you know... Pr- pr- I, th- and I think they're playing, you know, a week later. I think they want to... I, I, I don't... I can't see BC resting anybody. No. I think they just want to... Or, also, geez, how, how much how much would people. Dom Rimes like to take back the the receiving yards crown for the season while uh, you know Winnipeg maybe rests Dalton Schoen? That would be yeah, I don't know. So we'll see. But I, I have BC simply because I want to see Rourke come get a dub. Matt, um, man, I feel like I'm going to choose Winnipeg. Okay, I, I do think that they're actually going to not take a 100% rest week. Seeing as they, they came off a bye, I think they're going to want to get some real game experience for uh, for some of their guys. Maybe a so, half of action for Calaris the starters. included. Um, and uh, yeah, exactly. And, and maybe they switch it. Maybe, maybe they go... Yeah, because if Caleros doesn't play this week, he's looking at three weeks off. That's exactly right. Which so is way too I, long. I feel like Winnipeg actually might use this as a, a rust buster and just just shake off the dust from the bye week, knowing that they're going into another bye week and they don't want that big break. So I, I think Winnipeg actually has something to okay. prove here, while, while BC is just looking at um, the first round. Peter Boylo is also selecting the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. All right, now we get to another game that has no stakes. Uh, This is a theme we'll be starting. Montreal at Toronto. Last week, Toronto got the dub over Montreal um, anticlimactically, unfortunately. Um, And they uh, ended up sealing the first place in the East. They will be hosting the Eastern Final. And so we have them... Repeat, replaying, but with no stakes. Um, I will be selecting the Montreal Alouettes um, with the mindset that they are going to try and stay sharp heading into their matchup against Hamilton in the Eastern Semi. And so they're going to play a little bit better in this game. A complete flyer. I have no idea if that's true or not. But these preds are these preds are all subject to change once these once these lineups come out. I mean, gen, genuinely. Chad Kelly. Chad, yeah, Chad Kelly I mean, is already uh, going to be starting. Yeah, Chad Kelly's starting for Toronto. So, but I've got Montreal. Matt, I've got Montreal as well. I do think Toronto is going to take a a, a, a well deserved rest. Yes. But see, they're resting for two weeks. That's what like MB, like I, MBT getting two weeks off before the Eastern Finals. He's East so hot right actions. now. Just, it's, just keep, it's a uh, dangerous game. Uh, it's a dangerous game. I get it, but it is a dangerous game. Tyler, who do you pick? This is so hard. Who's at home again? It's at Montreal. Or no, at Toronto. Chad Kelly. Do we, it's like, do you believe in Chad Kelly? Uh, it was quick. (laughs) No, I'll go. I'll go. I don't like this at all. I'm going to go with Toronto. I'm just going to take the home. Yeah. 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 Peter's also going with Toronto. I'm just rolling with the, I'm just rolling with the home team. That's like with just without knowing who Montreal is throwing out there on the field. I, who is Montreal? Who is Montreal's backup? Keep that same energy with this next spread. 
Hamilton at Ottawa. Another rematch. Uh, Hamilton got the dub last week. Hamilton's going to the playoffs. Somebody on this pred multiple weeks ago, almost a month ago, predicted Hamilton to go to the playoffs. Somebody, somebody even months me. before that might have predicted them to go to the Grey Cup. I am a genius. I predicted them to do a lot of things, and they're now going to do them. It starts, though, week 21 against Ottawa. Uh, Matt, who you got? Uh, I'm going to go with... Do it. Do it. I'm going to go yes. with Ottawa. Okay. I love it. I don't know. I think I think Hamilton is like Dane Evans. Dane Evans got hurt. They've been, they've been running. They've been running themselves ragged, trying to chase that that last spot. Um, yeah, I just think that I don't. I don't think that the gas is going to be pushed down. <clears throat> you know, I, I don't think that they feel the same kind of pressure that Montreal does. You know, for Hamilton, it's they're going to show up next or for the first round and play the game whatever they play it doesn't seem like they have the mindset that they need to keep the gas on yeah. now now's the chance to just take a little breather collect yourselves and try to make something happen in montreal uh for the first round and for that reason i think ottawa's gonna have a chance to to sneak one here okay tyler it is Ottawa because Dane Evans, uh, while he did practice yesterday uh, or today, whatever. for me it's yesterday, for you it's today, uh, I don't think they're going to risk him playing very much if he was hurt. <laughs> and, God bless you. For that reason, Excuse me. for the lack of trust I have in the rest of the offense without Dane Evans, I have to go with Ottawa, who at least has pride to play for. Um, so... Ottawa, get it done. Also, Ottawa was close to winning last week with with Dane Evans even playing some of that game. So, uh, well, yeah, the Hamilton Tiger Cats aren't very good. Yeah, so so give me Ottawa. I think it might be the only time this season I've predated Ottawa. I will be picking the Hamilton Tiger Lame. Cats because this is going to be time for STE to shine. He's going to get a start, and he's going to show why he was the back to back MUP. Most underutilized player. That's my sole reasoning. So let's move on to the last one. Saskatchewan at Calgary. Who did did Peter have? I want to punt on this one. Peter picked the Hamilton Tigers. And did he also pick BC? Uh, He also picked... uh, Oh, this is a big... This this has now all of a sudden become a defining Pred Week. Yeah, it's, it's a big deal. So here's the thing. I want to talk about, I want to set the table for this Saskatchewan at Calgary. Because a few things we're going to have that are interesting here. Number one, you're looking at Bo Levi Mitchell potentially starting and playing completely his final game as a quarterback in Calgary. I think that's pretty awesome. Something to look forward to. Number two, we've got to talk about the spark that... uh, was Mason Fine. So I told you I got a take. I got a, I got a Craig take. And my take is this. If Mason Fine had have actually been a spark and came and blew the doors off Calgary last week, which he didn't, I almost feel like that would have reflected worse on Dickinson 
that he had this competitive game player in practice. He let it get as bad as he did. And then he made this switch at the very last second and the guy was a baller. So it's almost better that Mason Fine wasn't very good and Calgary still got thumped. And that way he just says, oh, tried the spark, didn't work. Uh, Because if Mason Fine had have succeeded, it would have been complete roster mismanagement. As it stands, it's just simply a lame attempt and the spark was clearly not to be. Um, And so it was a failure, one of many for the Stamps this season. And that's all I have to say about that. That's my take there. That's a great take. Yeah, thank you. It's, uh, what a wild. It was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Just, Just what a wild set of events that have happened over the last three months in Regina. It's like, what happened, guys? Like, what happened? Dude. They look worse than... Like, they're not worse. They're better than Edmonton. But, but, they, but, but, they, but they do. They feel... They feel... There's a distinct feel that is worse about... Like... The I mean, feeling is they couldn't turn it around with, with what they have. And the expectations are always going to make it feel worse. Yeah. Like, the, uh, if you go to McDonald's... And your McDouble isn't great. I would say this would be the Elks. You'd be like, ah, that was kind of sucked, but I didn't expect it to be great. I'd, I'd say better comparison. You go to McDonald's and you want. Oh my God! Will you even let me finish my comparison? You want to get a McGriddle. You <laughs> want to get a Mc. I thought you were done. No. You want to get a McGriddle? No. <laughs> let me finish my comparison. If you go to McDonald's and you get an unfulfilling McDouble, you're upset, but you go, yeah, I expected it to be not be great. If you go to, say, a finer steakhouse that has all the appearances of fine dining, and that is underwhelming, even if it's better than the McDouble, you still feel more underwhelmed than you were with your experience with McDouble. And that is how I would explain the Edmonton-Saskatchewan phenomenon. That's fair. Is that a good example, Tyler? It was fine. I felt it was great. I think my McGriddle one was going to be better, but it's all right. Tell it. Well, feel free. It's like going to get a, McGr- a sausage and egg I'm McGriddle in the morning. Love the McGriddle. It's, okay. it's the finest of all of the breakfast foods. And McDonald's always has been, always will be. And instead... I think that's correct. And instead, they give you an English muffin. <laughs> yeah, I, it's still breakfast, but I didn't ask for that. Is that what I get my for, for is my that what I get for was, breakfast? My comparison was way better. Blew yours better. out of water, Tyler. Sorry to say. Maybe have another cup of coffee and come back to us with a better, <laughs> better analogy. All right. With that being said, we've talked McGriddles. We've talked Craig. We've talked Bo. Maybe getting his last start ever. Tyler, it's the Calgary. It's the Calgary I mean, the, the, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are my favorite team in the CFL, and they are an absolute joke. A joke. Next season, I think that they will be the worst team in the CFL. You can... Wow. Whoa. Wow. Because they got to blow it up. Because it's very clear to me that they the players have given up on whatever regime is in there. This regime needs to go. This regime has been there too long. They're too comfortable. Get them out. And this is going to be... Dude, they haven't been there that long. Dagger, d- dagger... <laughs> They've been there since like 2019. It's a long time for me. 
Jeez. It just feels like they've been they, there. That's, they've been they there were, too here's, here's a better way to word that. They've been there since pre-pandemic. Um, now it feels, now it feels, now it feels like a long time. Um, yeah, it's, Cal- it's Calgary. It's Calgary at home. It's Calgary with, with Bo. Either one of two things. Maybe I don't know if he wants to play CFL next year. So it's either his swan song or his, you know, go out and get get a contract game. So he... I think Bo is going to play next time these two teams play. Interesting. Uh, interesting. Uh, that means Jake Mayer might be on Saskatchewan. Well, if if Jake Mayer is on Saskatchewan, I would love that. Um, no, it's the uh, opposite. <laughs> he signed a contract extension, uh, Tyler. <laughs> you, think there's a, you think it's like football or soccer? They have a release clause in there, and all we, all we have to do is trigger the release clause. Uh, it's called a trade. Uh, yeah, we're not going to get Jake Mayer. It's sad. It's disgusting. Uh, yeah, it's Calgary. <laughs> If you're picking sketch, you can't be picking sketch. You've lost six in a row. You can't pick sketch. No, I wasn't laughing at that. I was laughing at your Jake Mayer to sketch. You're still pushing. Oh, the so, I just <laughs> in the way my mom, my mom still pushes jokingly. Uh, she says, you know, yeah, we Josh Allen or uh, Justin Herbert to Pittsburgh in free agency. <laughs> and I say, yeah, that would be great. That would be absolutely great, no doubt about it. Uh, but you know, obviously, it's not happening. No, I am going to pick the Calgary Stampeders. I think Bo just one last ride gets it done. I am also going with the Calgary Stampeders. It's also, it's also it. because their backup running it. back is also sick. Diedrich Mills is is nice. Is sick half. Nice. I do. Can, right. I, can I do my axe to grind here? One last one last. Regular oh, season. I didn't know you had an axe to grind. Hell I, yeah. I tweeted it to the group, or I tweeted it. I texted it to the group. The fact that Diedrich Mills, in the second to last game of the season, and again, <laughs> I, I, I said this earlier oh, in the pod. Good. It's just ridiculous. It's just absolutely, it's absolutely absurd. I cannot. I was Dave. I brought it up for Dave, you. Dave, yes. Dave is just he's gunning for me. I swear he does these things, knowing that I'll see this and just get <laughs> irate. <laughs> Why he has to pun- punish Kadeem Carey to to get to me, I I don't know. It's like cutting off your foot to spite oh, your leg. So funny, they, that's Dave. Hilarious. I know you're listening. Oh, that's so funny. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that happened, dude. I'm sorry, I'm sorry for you. You're right. Kadeem Carey on your team. I know he still had a good know, fantasy he, production. Though I felt pretty. Should have gotten six more carries. It's same amount as Deidre Mills. Fair enough. All right. With that being said, let's talk fantasy. We're going to have a wild week 21 in fantasy. So, Matt, tell us where we stand, how last week went, and then we'll sign off for these fine folks. Uh, Well, I had one backfire on me is I traded R.J. Harris to Peter for Stephen Dunbar. What was this? (laughs) This is uh, I had pitched it to Peter a week ago. Because <laughs> did you go back channel or was this on the group chat? No, this is just me texting Peter. Oh, you bastards. <laughs> <laughs> and this was also last week was when, um, anyways, so I needed uh, more wide receivers during the, uh, uh, anyways, so I was trying to get one. Stephen Dunbar, uh, RJ Harris was still um, injured. So he came back, and, I, and then Peter finally said, oh, yeah, sure. I, I almost <laughs> snuck one in because <laughs> Peter did not know that R.J. Harris was injured, so I almost got one in there. 
Um, then it turned out that RJ Harris did mildly better than, than Steven, That's but it funny. is what it is. Uh, Tyler, you were the big winner, nearly cracking a hundred. Um, you had three guys in the 20 point range, including, Oh, Jake. White. Yes. Huge game. Second TD grab of the year. So he was at 23.1 and Trevor, I feel like, I don't know, like, like if Trevor could be a little bit more consistent. He was 400 yards and lost. It's wild. Ah, oh, man, alive. It's just, he's he's still got it. I really feel like he's still got it. He, he's he got a, a number of more good years in the CFL. Um, and he had another good game. Uh, John, you were behind Tyler at 84.8. Um, Curly Gittens, uh, who you called. This guy is primed for a breakout year next year. Uh, he is know. not what I said, and we know that to be true. He has he's in the middle of a breakout season. He is just he's ready to absolutely not ball out for nothing. And then I was just a little bit behind you, John, at seventy-seven. Even I had no no guys in uh, the twenty-point range, uh, but Gino uh, did catch another touchdown, nineteen point two points. And then Peter decided to not go with a QB or running back. But Bold. did have uh, three wide receivers and a defense, and he has thirty-two point <laughs> one points, pushing him over a thousand points for the season. That's incredible performance, for... Peter Boylo. Wow. So here's how it's shaken out, uh, John. You have a healthy lead on Tyler. You're at fifteen sixty-six. You are sixty-two, sixty-one point five points ahead of Tyler at fifteen oh four point five. So, it would have to be some crazy inversion. But I feel uh, like for, that's possible. It, it is possible with Kadeem not playing, with uh, Vernon. Well, I guess VA will play. Maybe. So who would, who, if it's not, like, Rourke will get a, a half, maybe, and then... I know, we'll but, see. like, I, I, yeah. Wait, I'm going to throw this out now. Ah, never mind. No, it's too complicated. <laughs> How much leeway, I guess, should I... Like, I want us to be playing full lineups. I'm going to be playing full lineups. Yes. Yeah, me too. Okay, so, like, let's just say, Tyler, for instance, let's just say Butler's resting, Rhymes is resting, and Shone is resting. Uh, well, sh- sh- and I'm Harris is resting. drafting a team for 21 yes, weeks. Uh, so, I know I know that uh, Dom Rhymes is not going to sit out because if, if they're not going to put... Uh, Nathan Rourke on that field without the receivers he's going to be throwing to. Fair. So Dom Rimes will definitely be playing. Fair. James. So do you think Trevor Harris is going to sit out? Uh, I'm not sure about T. Harris. I think T. Harris might play. Okay. I think T. Harris might play. Uh, definitely putting Wynicky in because he, he's definitely going to get reps. Wynicky might actually be the one that, that has. I see. I think Tyler might be the most primed to succeed. Which this is week. good. That, that's what I'm hoping for. It's disappointing. I feel like I'm going to I actually think, oh, Rash- <laughs> oh uh, Rashid Bailey. Uh, maybe. Oh, Rashid Bailey. I, I, all these sort of like second and th- like sort of third best op- receiver options on these teams are actually going to pay off for me. <laughs> I actually am. I think I am going to go with Rashid Bailey at the flex. And yeah, you think Willie gets, uh, I think they're still got to get Willie to stand back some carries before the playoffs. I don't think that he, I think he, It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what these starting lineups look like. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Well, so Tyler and I'm eight point five points behind you at fourteen ninety six. I know that I have a starting quarterback in which Caleb is huge. Evans, who's actually huge. had a has actually had a fairly good couple yeah. weeks uh, as far as the short yardage 
goes. He's had like four or five rushing TDs. Greg McRae, got to play. Greg McRae's there. I don't know about Dembski. Devontae Williams? He's injured, Yeah, I think. And Yeah, well, I actually swapped him out for Powell, so... Who's injured? I, 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 I think Powell's you got to double, but Powell's also. I think you got to double down on the uh, the Winnipeg like sort of not like non main receivers and get Greg McRae and Nick Dembski in there. There's Dembski done for the year. He got hurt, right? No, no he's, he's 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 back. He's just resting. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think it, anything could happen. I love it. Anything could happen, as Matt said. With that being said. Guess which language we started the show in, and you will be featured. We would give you, we'll give you a shout out on the pod. Um, send any questions to at Shups and Preds on twitter.com, and then uh, email us Shups and Preds at gmail.com if you need anything that's maybe more long form answered. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you. And any any parting shots before we send them off to enjoy the final week of the CFL regular season. No, no, just I, I love football. I love Looking CFL football. forward to it. Great season <laughs> for Matt and Ty. Ty, once again, thanks so much God, for joining ever, us this week. Okay. But anyway, for Matt and Ty, uh, thank you very much. <laughs> Peace. We'll talk to you later.